I'm excited to welcome Rachel Kaysen to our webinar, and we're talking about transitions today and red flags for transitions and green flags. Rachel, um, welcome, and please tell us a little bit about yourself, and then we will jump right in. Thank you for having me. Um, I'm excited. I'm excited because there wasn't much going on around transition when I needed it, so I'm just thrilled you're doing all this work. Um, working with families and preparing parents. And um, what I do on a day-to-day -day basis is I, I work with adult TCKs from kind of 20s, 70s, the whole range of ages in there um, from lots of different TCK backgrounds. And I work with them using my life story therapeutic model um, to kind of process some of these transitions a lot later than they actually happened and so an awful lot of what you're doing is prep stuff um so yeah i'm going to be talking today about the things to kind of watch out for and um, in your kids as they're transitioning but also that kind of prep stuff and the way you can kind of log the process and kind of keep attuned to your kids through it um so frankly i don't deal with as much of it later on my end <laughs> that makes sense I like it you're working yourself out of a job I'm That's working excellent. myself out of a job exactly well I confess you know as we've talked about these things um if you are listening some of the things that Rachel has written I've been like that's me oh my goodness and I'm in my 40s so you know I think there's always no matter what your experience is TCK or not there's always work to be done <laughs> yeah, absolutely and Rachel constantly reminds me of like the small things that I need to work on so be encouraged <laughs> Yeah, I'm a fun person to be around. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So I'm like, oh, something new that's, you know, another rock yet uncovered. Well, and actually, I think that's a really, really important point because the first thing I would really encourage parents around is this isn't any kind of process you're helping and supporting your kids through your TCK children through. This isn't about trying to um, make sure they don't have TCK stuff like the ship has sailed <laughs> there will be tck stuff and it's not a terrible thing it's no we all and, have stuff yeah. it's just an issue of um uniquely assisting in that regard which is so yeah. different and not necessarily more complex it's just so unique it's just giving it a language and creating a dialogue as a family mm -hmm. so that when not if when stuff comes up for your tck's later on um, you've already got a touch point to kind of cycle back into with ease. You're not trying to like create it at that point. Um, you've already put in the foundation work. Um, and today it is, <laughs> it is, it is. And today we're talking about that foundation, um, looking at red flags. Um, if you're, you know, a parent sort of what are the red flags that I can be looking for or be aware of, you know, we're not trying to you know, make flags out of something that's not there, but what are some indicators, red flags that we can look for if our kids are struggling through transition? What would some of those things be that you would tell parents? Yeah, so um, so to back up slightly from the red flag piece, I think one 
one really important starting off point is when we talk about transitioning well, what do we actually mean? What's your metric as a family for what that looks like? Because these red flags are only going to make sense if you know what your aim is, if you know mm. what your desired outcome is. So something that I hear a lot from adult TCKs is that there just wasn't an alignment around that metric. Um, so wow. for instance, if, if parents are kind of seeing really great grades in their kids and they've decided, well, if my kid was struggling, they'd be bombing their classes, then they're not going to see a red flag in that area. Now for that kid, that it might not be the same story. And what's happened is we've created a language where the kid has to bomb and fail classes to be understood as struggling. And that doesn't feel ideal. <laughs> so even just having a starting point of what do I mean by a successful transition? Are we talking about how many friends that, you know, and that requires a bit of work on the parent. You know, how do I actually measure functioning teenager, functioning student? Like, am I, am I counting how many names get mentioned in terms of friendships? Am I counting how much extracurricular activity they're doing? Am I counting grades? Am I, am I counting the number of times they smile on a call? <laughs> What's it getting down to in terms of actual how I'm measuring this? Do you um, feel that TCKs, like teenagers, are open about what they feel like their metrics should be? Like if a parent said, what do you feel like would equate, you know, a good or positive transition? What do you feel like would equate contentment yeah. in your current area? Do you feel like TCKs are willing to say those things to their parents for that conversation? I think, I think every, I mean, there's this, there's this idea that teenagers don't really want to talk. Um, over here in the UK, we call them the grunt years very often. It's like, Ugh. you know, um, I, I think it's nonsense. I think actually we, we do as teenagers want to communicate, but for TCKs, it's actually really complicated to find that metric because what was a happy, fulfilled teenage life in Morocco <laughs> is not gonna look like a happy, fulfilled teenage life in the States um, or in the UK or in France or wherever else they're going to, simply because the, the structure and the culture looks different. Um, so what social time looks like, um, what friendship groups look like, they, they don't know yet really what that is going to translate into they might have an idea and that's what one of the resources I think you're going to pass on to anybody looking at this is a wheel of life now this has been used in coaching circles for a long time I've adapted one for TCKs um, to just give a bit of sp extra space for some of these particular TCK needs around place and travel and and purpose um, but essentially, a wheel of life is a really good way to have this conversation with your TCKs to kind of establish a metric um, where you're asking them to assess different categories of life as to how content they currently are, and then define what actually success would look like in the area of friendship. How do you know you're happy with your friendships? Um, how do you know you're, you're content with your health and your body? Like, what are your standards? What are your goals? where are you now and then we can use that to check in we can go so how's that wheel looking you know what where have the numbers gone this week or what are you working on at the minute on that wheel and it just becomes this nice little 
vaguely objective touch point. So we'll attach that to the recording so families can look at it, but it would be recommended to do that maybe even before they leave. Absolutely. So you have like, you know, this is the ideal, this is where I'm at now, you know, um, sort yeah. of to base um, conversations off from that. Yeah, absolutely. And it, and it can be fun to kind of sit down and go, okay, you know, what do you need from your, your, your place, your, your dorm room or your local environment to feel clued in? You know, do, you, do we need to find the nearest Asian supermarket? Um, does that need to be a priority so that you can feel at ease and in control? Um, okay, let's put that on the list. Um, we can Google map that. Um, other apps are available. Um, so it's just, it's just having that conversation. Um, so that's one resource, um, just as a starting point. But in terms of the red flags, um, there are kind of these, these three things that I hear from adult TCKs who are working through their own transition challenges. One is that nobody understands me. Another is that everyone is weird, <laughs> or variations thereof. <laughs> and another is I'm not enough. And I think if we're hearing those three things from our kids, our ears need to prick up a little bit. Um, the no one understands me piece is, is sort of classic alienation. How, how do I even begin to connect with my peers? How, like, maybe I don't even have a starting point for explaining who I am, in fact. Um, so another prep tool, um, that I'd invite is finding a kind of elevator pitch with your kids. You know, what's what's going to be your short version? And somebody goes, hey, so who are you? What's your story? But, 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 but. It's kind of like our initial sort of, oh, here we go. Um, or we maybe give a really short version based entirely around where we've lived, which actually tells the other person zero about who we are, <laughs> except that we're really, really alien. Um, so finding a kind of way of um, explaining who we are can really help here. Um, but yeah, that kind of nobody understands me is a really, really painful one for your TCKs. And not, not, not to be dismissed. It can really embed as a belief. I think especially in this day and age when identity is such a hot topic, it's interesting that for TCKs, it's something that is just intrinsically vital to who we are, but it's the hardest thing to to aim at. And I mean, I remember the day that I found, you know, my one sentence that I was satisfied with. You know, my parents were teachers and I grew up in Panama and Nicaragua. And people were like, oh, okay. And yeah. if they wanted to know more, you know, what was that like? But it wasn't, you know, met with curious looks or you know, oddity or, you know, yeah. I mean, but if you can find that one sentence, then it just, it, it gives you a response. And I mean, much like so many situations that all of us find ourselves in, you know, what are you going to say, you know, as a parent, what are you going to say when your friends offer you alcohol? What are you going to say when your friends, yeah, we sort of script sneak these things out, out. you know, when you sneak out of the house. And I think there is just generally as humans, a lot to be said by having a ready answer. Yeah. And yeah when it comes to your identity, it's like the last thing we think of to have a ready answer for. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, it's really important. Like you say, it, it's, 
my approach to identity is very sociological, which I would I would see identity is in context. It's we perform it, we do it, um, and if we're not confident in that, here I am, and this is what I'm about. Um, we make everybody around us nervous, frankly, um, and and they sort of reinforce our belief that they can't understand us because they can't because we don't. So a huge part of the elevator pitch is actually clarifying our story to ourselves and going, mm -hmm. yeah, who am I again? What, what am I about? Like, mm -hmm. how, do, how do I hold this in, in a way that I can offer other people? And I suppose if we look then at the green flag, the kind of ultimate that we'd be looking for in our TCKs transitioning, it's that I'm connecting with people. I've found common denominators. So-and-so likes this kind of music as well. So-and-so likes walks as well. I'm going hiking because they like hiking too. It's finding those touch points with other people. Um, and I think that's really, really important. And that's something we can offer as parents is, okay, well, maybe they don't understand this part of your experience, but I bet they really understand how excited you get when this new game comes out or, whatever that there are these other pieces um to your story that you can use to connect with we aren't just our tck experiences mm -hmm. any more than students anywhere in the world are just their schooling or just their sporting you know right right because how many other how many of our non-tck peers would introduce themselves solely as i am i am the child of doctors or i am I lived in these three places, actually, they tend to give a bit more personal stuff than that. I'm really into this kind of artwork or um, maybe they do focus on place a lot because there's shared assumptions around that. Um, but yeah, th there's always these connection points. So I think that would be the first kind of if there's, if your kids are telling you that nobody understands them, that they're, 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 they're stuck and um, mm. they're stuck and and lonely um but there's there's things we can do to open up those connection points for them um another resource i think you're going to share is a list of sort of handy questions um i don't know about anybody else i have an 11 year old at the moment um who is growing fast and um how is your day dear gets old so um having kind of other ways into conversation can be really helpful um so there's, there'll be some questions as well that can just sort of ask them things like um who are you interested in who are you enjoying being around um so that they're looking for those connection points perhaps a bit more too um yeah so second red flag i would be inviting people to look out for is the everyone is weird one so this is kind of a step up from um nobody understands me to i don't want to understand them they're odd um i don't like it um and and this is a alienation on another level this is a kind of people are scary i don't know how they work um i don't understand the mechanics of life here um and i don't want to i disapprove of it frankly um, so there are some conclusions at this point that, that we as TCKs can draw about our peer culture um, while we're trying to transition into it. 
and it's really really hard it's a hard place to be and I know when I'm working with adult TCKs it's it's a really effective protective mechanism a lot of us have adopted um, to make ourselves feel safer but ultimately it's very lonely um, so yeah I think that would be a big big red flag as funny as it is and sometimes we're relieved right if our kids aren't like slotting into to mainstream culture or fitting in that can actually be a bit of a worry for us if it's like yeah everything everybody else is doing is fantastic I'm joining in on everything <laughs> like no there's some thought there but actually when it when it's tipped into everybody is weird um they've not found their people um so that would be the green flag alternate for me is people mm. here are really interesting I don't understand why they do what they do yet but I'm interested they've got an anthropological mindset like okay this is the new culture we're studying right let's assume people aren't doing these things because they're idiots let's assume they're doing them because they have reasons let's get curious and they're deploying a curiosity that we can encourage as caregivers in them by being curious ourselves. I wonder why they they get meaning from this, or I wonder why they're they're doing this kind of thing. I wonder why it works this way. Um, that can again just create some commonality, create some shared sense of humanity. Um, Transitioning this from it's wrong and weird to yeah. oh, that's different. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, and what can I learn about humans from this? Um, one of the really big weirdnesses for me throughout my life has been sort of the intensity in which people identify with um, sporting groups um, or um, teams. I don't get it. And here in the UK, we have a huge amount of, of violent culture around it, actually, as well. And 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 I I, I can very easily sit in massive disapproval, um, but essentially just don't get it and actually sociology can be a way in for me to kind of go well this is about identity and belonging this is about people finding tribe this is about people connecting with each other and finding a chosen family do you know what I can get that I don't get why unless they do it with sport but I can understand the base need behind that phenomena and now they're not weird anymore Mm -hmm. they're just doing it in a way I'm never ever going to join in on but that's fine um, it's, which is yes. less alienating I know nothing about what you speak about American football at all <laughs> especially in the south where I'm at yeah um but yeah it, it's just getting beyond our own um judgments actually we mm -hmm. can have the assumption that our TCKs are going to be exponentially more tolerant than their peers but when they're stuck in a position of feeling like a massive minority and an invisible minority at that um we can really like stick our heels in around um what feels safe to us um and just that little kind of well honey you know people are interesting you know who are you who's interested you today maybe you don't like them but who who did something interesting today um what 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 can you learn from them? Mm -hmm. Use them as a study point. Um, and then that becomes another way in. So that would be the other the other thought there. Um, the last red flag um, is something 
that it, it's not it's not just TCKs that deal with this, right? It's the I'm not enough feeling. Um, but with TCKs, it's often very, very tied into their TCK experience in terms of I'm not enough around my American identity. I'm not enough around my Chinese identity or I'm not enough of any of them. Um, and I don't fit properly anywhere. And just that it, it's wearing, it can really get us down to just feel perpetually not quite enough of any of it. Um, and this is where using something like a wheel of life, um, talking to your kids about who they wanna be, actually getting them authoring that rather than jumping between different sets of expectations and measuring themselves by those external metrics, actually go, well, what would be enough for you um what what bit of this do you want to hold on to and what bit of it can you let yourself not be because why on earth would you be 100 percent this you haven't lived 100 percent this um and get them to direct that a really lovely way of doing this that is dear to my heart because i'm a visual person is vision boards but in a very particular way this isn't about um cutting out lots of pretty pictures and going i shall be this one day um, or I shall have all these things one day. It's, um, it can be a really interesting, intuitive gut process piece that do it with your kids, do it as prep stuff as well. Get a big pile of magazines with the biggest variety of images you can. If magazines aren't something that you can access easily, go on a walk and take lots of photos of strange things, interesting things, normal things, close-ups, wide shots, whatever, of just anything that grabs your eye because similar to the magazine piece, you're just cutting out things that really you like. Don't assign meaning to it. Just if you Google like images, it. if you're doing it digitally, just Google yeah, images. Yeah, Google images. Um, the thing with doing it digitally that can be a bit limiting is that you're, you're typing in words very often to find images, which means you're directing your brain and already funneling it slightly. Um, but yeah, what works works and then you, and then you you simply collate those. So give yourself a finite physical space um, or a four document on Word or whatever, and limit how many actually make the cut. And then just talk about the story of that. There's a lot of green on your page. Why is there everything plants? You grew up in a desert. What's going on there, kid? Well, I grew up in a desert and I like plants. <laughs> like, okay, here's <laughs> a part of you that hasn't had a chance maybe um right let's fill your dorm room with plants okay let's do this mm. and we can extrapolate needs from it ideas from it just get that conversation going about who are you and what you like very often preference is very very difficult for tchs because they're adjusting constantly to different sets of expectations um so that i'm not enough is often coming from a, I haven't fulfilled all these. So the more we can center, the more we can invite our kids to find ways to express their own priorities, their own preferences, their own interests in a really safe, don't judge them for it. What do you mean you love dance? You've got two left feet. That's not the way that conversation needs to go. <laughs> um, or even sometimes it can be challenging. You love dance that much? 
we've lived in places with no opportunity to give you dance classes. I now feel terrible as a parent. It'd be much more convenient to me if this wasn't a really big deal for you. Dang it, it is. Okay, roll with it. Um, just let them know they're allowed to have these wants and preferences. Um, and that all of that's enough. They're enough. But something like a wheel of life will help them hit that green flag of not only am I enough, I'm so enough, I'm hitting all of my personal goals. That's how I'm going to measure my enoughness, because I have a plan for getting the number of friends that I want, for the number of activities I want, the grades that I want. I'm self-determining. Um, mm, yeah, it's beautiful. I that's what I would say with that. Does that, land, then, does that make sense with your experience with? Yes. I mean, I, I think 100 percent even. You know, I think all of us struggle with being enough, even way past the years that we should. And just thinking through while you were talking about my own kids and they're not TCKs, but, you know, our own struggle as adults to just go back and say, I, I am enough. And this is, you know, I think sometimes our own kids struggle is passed down from us because we don't have the confidence ourselves, and then they adapt that. So, you know, doing your own work while you're doing, helping your kids do theirs. Absolutely. And, and if you're comfortable to sit and do a wheel of life with them, show them how it's done, mm -hmm. demonstrate some vulnerability, Kind of go, okay, well, while you're transitioning into college, here's what I want to try and do as a parent. Um, and we're talking about um, really prioritizing connection. So a resource I would highly recommend is um, Gabor Mate's book, Hold On To Your Kids. Um, now he's writing, you can read it and kind of think, oh, I missed the boat, I've already messed them up. Um, because he's talking about the importance in the early years it's never too late um, to do reparative work if you read that and have that reaction like I did. Um, but it's a solid piece of work around the importance of attachment. And so when you're looking at transitioning your kids, keep those bonds tight, send care packages, even though they never acknowledge them. Um, send them lots of random postcards, even though they don't know where to put them anymore. Um, just find their love language as well um a lot of people have read the love languages book and there there's an adapted one um for kids as well um but go online there's so much material about it there talk to your kids about what theirs is if their love language is touch and you're going to be in different countries while they're transitioning or you're going to be a few states away you're going to need to get creative um, mm -hmm. And can you send lotions? Can you send bath bombs? That's not going to work in the dorm room. Shower melt things instead. Um, but really trying to lean into just pouring into that attachment is going to be the biggest thing you can do for your kids. Um, let them know that you understand them mm -hmm. and they will trust other people can. Let them know that um, you don't think that the world is ultimately going to reject them because you've demonstrated how incredibly acceptable they are but also that you are in the world engaging with it and not scared of it and having positive experiences of it um, and finding interesting people so yeah definitely yeah demonstrate it Walk and it. you touched on this or you started to touch on this about just things that you know make a difference what what are things that make a difference I mean you 
started to talk about that, you know, care, pack care packages. And... So one of the, the hard things I've heard from adult TCKs is how they can end up feeling like their parents have had a construct of childhood, adulthood, and where that line draws. And the parent has somehow communicated that they're not needed anymore to the child. Like, okay, I've done my thing. I'll get in your way now. Sometimes it's from a really loving, slightly insecure space of I don't want to bother you. Um, you're this big, important person doing your studies and going to change the world. And I'm just your old mum, and I don't want to get in your way. That's actually really, really hurtful. Um, however much teenagers are going to moan, they want you in their way. Um, they want you constantly in the periphery of the vision and occasionally right here, um, if only to tell you to get out of the way. You know, the power of that, to be able to say, no, I'm busy, you'll have to call back, is actually, whew, that's amazing for a teen. I have a life and I get to tell you I have one. I don't need to talk to you right now because I have friends. And you take that on the chin. So I think one of the things that would really call regularly, get in their way and become missed calls. Um, let them be too busy to talk to you, but keep showing up. Um, I'm fascinated in nature, how you see this, that, you know, you have, like we talk a lot in the collegiate world about launching and that your kids, you know, launch from the nest and they yeah. fly. And then we tend to just end that story there. Mm. In nature, like I've watched year after year, because we have tons of birds around my house. We'll have a family of like, you know, cardinals. And then, you know, that you can tell one of them has like a, a different mark okay. on their head and like the kids come back with them, they're adults, you know, it just multiplies the amount of cardinals that are there. But it's just so interesting to me because obviously they've launched, they're not in the same nest anymore, right? They don't all fit, yeah. <laughs> but they're in the same proximity and they're still doing life together in their own adult, you know, cardinal right. way. And yeah. I, I, it just has really struck me that, you know, we are created for that, our individuality, our own adultness, but there's still, you know, this concentric circle of life that happens. And I think what I hear you saying is you are wise to launch your, your student, you know, they don't need to be in the nest anymore, but that doesn't mean that, you know, you like abort them from the tree and you're like, bye, never see you again. You know, like they're still part yeah. of the tree. They're still part of your ecosystem. They're still part of your concentric life. And actually when we do that, when we kind of go, okay, you don't need me anymore, off you pop. Um, what we're communicating is that relationship actually only works from a space of need. Mm. So I will be around as long as you need me. Well, what that communicates to our kids is as soon as, you know, what incentive is there, frankly, for independence at that point? Because independence just means I'm alone. Loneliness. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm alone and I've lost my backup. And I, <clears throat> something else that a lot of TCA struggle with is fear of making mistakes, partly because of the mini ambassador piece that a lot of us grow up around with our identities, partly because we've seen the global consequences of social error shall we say mm -hmm. um and and that that can be devastating so if if we associate as as teenagers in this kind of tender time in our lives if we're associating independence with abandonment <laughs> yeah your kids are going to have a lot of crises 
because it's frankly the only way back to you. Um, and our best bet, I think, for, for setting up healthy relationship um, and healthy transition so they can have a healthy relationship with other people is to move from a need-based relationship where, oh my gosh, I have to feed you three times a day, otherwise you die around sort of early years, um, to, gosh, you're really interesting. I like you. It's fun watching you do life. I'm going to keep showing up for the show. This is brilliant. And now we have a demonstration of relationship where we just we just like you. Um, I have a friend, Josh Beers, that says um, students gravitate towards those who take them seriously. And I think that that's yeah. part of this transition of adulthood of like, you know, if you take your students seriously, like a young adult, you know, like you would, you know, any other college student that was their peer that you just knew, you know, then that makes this transition from like what you're saying, need based to I'm taking you seriously as an individual. Yeah, I'll always be your parent. I'll always support you. I'll always be there. If you need something, I will be there. Mm -hmm. But I'm just interested in you as an individual and I'm taking you seriously. And yeah. there's a lot of um, connecting points with that. And I think that's what ultimately, you know, we look for as individuals. We want to belong. We want to be known and we want to be taken seriously. Absolutely. You know, even if it's just my progress in FIFA. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. I want to be taken seriously. <laughs> absolutely. And and that's the thing with these red flags as well. If if your kids are saying no one understands me, everyone is weird, I'm not enough. Yes, these are common things we hear from particular age brackets, especially. Don't dismiss them. Take them seriously. Let them know it matters that they're saying these things. Mm -hmm. Um, to what degree do they mean them? What, 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 how are they experiencing that? Go into that with them. Um, not necessarily in a room, right, full analysis way, um, but just in a, okay. I'm bringing in the SWAT on? team. Go, go, go. You know? <laughs> no, 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 yes. no. Yes, let's not do that. Um, just, because that, that's not taking somebody seriously. That's, no. that's attacking them. <laughs> Uber parenting them, really. It's going, well, you're having a feeling that you clearly can't handle I will come in and deal with that for you rather than kind of going, wow, I'm interested. That sounds painful. What's going on? Tell me more. Beautiful. Just beautiful. Well, I will make sure that these resources are connected. Thank you so much for sharing them with us. Um, tremendous insight, Rachel. I just really appreciate all of your work and your investment. I know every time we talk, I'm encouraged and I'm changed. And if you have an adult TCK or you are one yourself, you know, there's absolutely nothing wrong with you calling Rachel and spending time with her because she's fabulous. And you can see that, you know, her goal and her heart is just um, transformative for anyone that she's with. So um, we have, have a go second find a corner. <laughs> Um, a spoiler alert, we have another session that we're doing on romance and TCKs, so don't miss that. That's the one I'm super excited slash terrified of, um, but <laughs> personally and professionally. Um, but thank you for your time today and the tremendous resources and insight that you've given. Well, thank you for having me and, and for just caring so dang much. Um, it's brilliant. It's and that. I needed all of this when I was doing my transition and it's just Same. brilliant to see it's there now. Let's yeah. take advantage. Absolutely. Well, until next time, my friend. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.